0: One moment was like, I'm not doing enough to, to build my business. And then actually I realized how far I had come as a, as a musician and that there was a huge need. That if, if, if this understanding was shared with musicians, it would have a huge impact with them. Because I, I knew that there was nothing on that topic in existence.
1: Welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. I've suggested many times on this podcast that uh, the most significant and fundamental piece to building a coaching practice is connecting with people. If we don't connect, we have no practice, we have no clients, we have no one to talk to, so we create no impact, and of course, no impact, no income. And whilst when I talk about uh, connecting, many people might think I'm talking about doing so directly with people. Yet we're blessed to live in a world today where it is actually easier to connect with people than ever before, be that directly or indirectly. And indeed, this podcast is one such way of connecting with people. I'm always so pleased and grateful to receive the messages that I do from listeners of this podcast. And this platform has led to some beautiful connections and wonderful clients. And of course, another very effective way of connecting with people indirectly is writing a book especially if you have a particular message to share. And my guest today published, I think it's his first book. Is he nodding? Yes. Published his first book (laughs) last year, which aims to bring a new understanding of the mind and performance to musicians. And we're going to talk today about the process of that, about how that came about and the impact it has had and the role the book now plays in his coaching business. And not only is he now a published and best-selling author, he's also a talented musician himself with a previous career in teaching and a little factoid. He's from the same hometown as me, even went to the same high school, albeit several years after I had left, um, because he's so useful. Um, But that reminded me it is indeed a small world. So I'm delighted to welcome Mr. Nick Bertini on the Coaching Life podcast today. Hello, Nick.
0: Hi, Phil. It's great to be here.
1: Hello. A fellow Westbourne High
0: student. I know. fellow Ipswichian.
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed. I, 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 get, I mean, have you, have you ever followed the football team? It's probably best if you haven't. But...
0: Uh, I did a little bit. My granddad was into it. So, yeah, yeah we, we, I got uh, dragged along to a few matches and uh, keep an eye on what they're, they're but doing, but I'm not you're... deeply into it. But, but you, you recovered from that. That's. Cool. I recovered, yeah. Okay, so...
1: <laughs> I think we connected online um, well before your book came into being. I'm not sure, or at least before you started talking about it online anyway. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the book itself a little later. But as a bit of background, can you perhaps talk us through how you came across the understanding you point to in the book and what it was that got you into coaching and and I guess how all of that developed into your desire to write a book?
0: Okay, so I guess back when I was still at school when I was still at Westbourne um my my parents always said this thing which was you know if you can read a book you can learn anything so I got this bug to 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 read about the things that I was having trouble with so I I I suddenly got wind of the fact that there were these books out there that um taught you how to do things like speed reading and uh uh like changing your mindset I started to read those kind of self helpy books um because I was, I was uh, struggling, I guess, as a, as a musician, or at least I was searching to, to play better and was striving pretty hard to um, work towards things like my grade eight exam and to get into university and to try and build a, a professional performing career as a violinist, that's what was going on. Um, so that, became, that kind of became part of how I thought the world needed to be, I needed to constantly be reading stuff to make myself better uh, getting more knowledge so that I could become a better person you know the best version of me you think you know that you often hear people say Um, but you know I I kind of reached a load of significant achievements like getting my grade 8 distinction and getting into the course that I wanted to do and then found myself doing a year abroad um, studying in in a German music college and all of this kind of uh, striving to build myself up to improve myself was kind of this silent uh, recipe for burnout you know that, that was really the thing um, so although it was never really uh, a story of like I wasn't I wasn't suicidal I wasn't taking any drugs or anything but it was it was there was more and more friction in my my life you know and it was seemingly coming from my own uh, lack of uh, ability or lack of resilience or what have you. Um, and I, I guess that's part of the reason why I ended up going into teaching was because I wanted to um, to keep studying whilst uh, earning a living as well because I, I thought actually there's so much for me to learn. if I, if I study teaching, then maybe I'll learn something about myself. So it was kind of I went into teaching for that for that reason. And um on the side, whilst I was teaching teaching students and still um, playing music I, uh, was still reading books and still learning more stuff and, and found my way to this uh, understanding um, that Sid Banks articulated uh, via um, Jamie Smart and uh, and some courses and some videos and that kind of thing. Um, and finally, it made a difference. It was the thing that actually made a difference. It was the thing I was looking for um, and had taken the long route to, you know, <laughs>
1: So was that was that uh, his book, one of his books? Just curious. Um,
0: it was a it was a it was a coaching course. Yeah, right. it was a it was a um, yeah one of his twelve uh, week coaching programs. Yeah. Oh, cool.
1: So what was the was there like a serious uh, a series rather of you know slap in the face moments that sort of woke you up a bit? Oh my god, this is what's been going on. How how was that like that process? Of, I'm going to call it awakening or realization or or, or discovery. What you were just discovering, this understanding. What was that actually like for you?
0: I think there was like, I'd, I'd had learned a lot of stuff, you know, previously from from what I'd read and from what I'd, um, found, you know, found out via things like hypnosis and stuff. There were insights which I now understand were related to this understanding too but but it it was initially it was I was trying to decode the whole thing and uh, map it across concepts so to begin with it was very thinky and I was trying to analyze all the language that was going on and I couldn't stand listening to Sid Banks because it kind of drove me crazy and <laughs> and I just I didn't like I didn't like that but there was something about it that was yeah I don't know it was it, there was there was this kind of un uh, it was puzzling to me because it seemed so simple and it really felt right, but I, I kept feeling like it was something I still wasn't getting to it. Um, but it, it was worth my time, or there was something about the energy of the way it was shared, or there was—I couldn't really put my finger to it. In the same way that if I hear a piece of music that really grabs me, it's just—it just made sense to keep listening to some more of it, and that's kind of—it was the same mechanism, I guess. I was just drawn to it, and then I started to. I guess you know go deeper into the conversations and start to have a felt experience of it and realize it well um realize that that was the, the the way that you learn it was through through an embodied understanding of it. Through through in the same way that you you get a knack for something something just clicks it's not something you can build up with your intellect you I mean you can try <laughs> but it's like chasing your tail it doesn't really work yeah once it was more, once I realized it was kind of that, that same kind of intuitive follow your nose type thing, like it is for music, actually, um, that's a, that's where it, it didn't make so much sense to me to stick rigidly to the format of a coaching course or, or only listen to one teacher or, or necessarily do all, all the things I'm told all the time in learning the understanding it's just I follow my nose if, if someone's teaching made sense I listened to them for a bit if if I got bored of someone's teaching I went to somebody else's and that that made sense because it was because now now you know now knowing what I know now it's it's me following my own intuition and that's the thing that we're uh connecting with that's the thing we're looking for you know the source of that um so so yeah it was, it was le- less of letting go of the intellect I think was my challenge it still is really you know yeah yeah so
1: if you when you look back at just over the last so how long how long ago was that uh, that you that you first came about three years ago I yeah think. so yeah. what when you reflect on that is life different
0: <laughs> it's mad it's mad it really is absolutely mad um i literally something popped up on my facebook feed today about you know from the from the time when i was uh i don't know doing something a year ago and, it, and it, i was just i was looking at the pictures and and what had been shared and it and it feels like a completely different person was doing that one year ago mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't believe it was only one year ago that I was doing this uh, like Kickstarter campaign to raise money for the book. And it's just like, it's it's mad because I feel like a completely different experience now. That's only one year. And then before I can barely remember what it was like, uh, how I guess how busy my head must have been um, you know, going back three years, four years, um, thinking I was frightfully clever, but, but <laughs> <laughs> utterly desperate for wisdom you know desperate for a bit of uh grounding
1: you know Uh, i think uh, i shared this on my facebook wall a while ago i think it is a sydney banks quote i've never verified it myself but it's something like when you're when you are enlightened you realize how stupid you really are (laughs) (laughs) which i think yeah okay i think i'm reasonably well enlightened so um where the coaching you know for you wanting to to pursue um coaching where did that fit into all of this because I assume you were still teaching, weren't you? When um, yeah, yeah, you, so
0: you? I was I was a head of music, and I think I don't know. I think I've always been. I've always been drawn to teaching in some form. Hmm. You know, I, I think I've, I think I've enjoyed learning, um, and I think probably it's, I've also enjoyed um, connecting with people. You know, sh- sharing sharing what I know, and also being in the presence of people who know more than me. Um, so it wasn't, I think to me co- now coaching and, and teaching are synonymous. You know, I think when I was transitioning careers, there's maybe like, I've got to stop doing the teaching thing and have to be, be this superstar coach and coaches, coaching works a certain way. And there's a, you know, certain things you have to do. Um, but now I just, it's just a different audience and maybe a few different words and maybe a few different actions that are taking place. But essentially I'm not doing anything different to when I was teaching a bunch of teenagers how to play the keyboard or uh, running a jazz band rehearsal or taking, you know, doing a concert. It's essentially the same thing. It's about um, sharing, sharing my passion for, for, for what I'm doing with, with somebody else or, or sharing my experience with somebody else best I can. And it, it has a habit of bringing people together. Um, and bringing people out of themselves you know um, so yes yeah, so I think um, I mean in terms of practically though you know, there, there was a point where I thought you know I didn't want to become a head teacher I didn't want to become a senior leader in a school and so I thought well actually what else could I do that would be able to progress my career and I realized I'd been doing this personal development stuff for so long and starting to see some real change that I felt I had some stuff that would be useful to musicians. And, and I realized how little musicians knew about how their own psychology worked. Um, and I also noticed that that musicians tended to be going to music teachers or, or like instrumental teachers for, for guidance on things like performance anxiety when they're not necessarily the best people to be helping with that because they just, they just, they just um, put into words how they think it works but it doesn't necessarily mean they can give a student any real tangible help in terms of feeling better on the stage or, or how to prepare themselves for an audition. Um, they just muddle through and, and sometimes their advice works and sometimes it doesn't. So that it seemed to me that there was a huge you know, discrepancy between how the world of sport deals with uh, you know, mental preparation and how the world of music does it. It just seems like it's taken a lot more seriously in the world of sport, but not quite so in music. And, uh, I felt there was a need because I, I, had that need as a student. Cause I, cause I struggled so much, you yeah. know?
1: So was there a particular, like a thought arrived, did you wake up one morning? Oh, I'm going, I know, I know I am going to coach and I'm going to coach musicians and I'm going to write a book. It's all really clear. How, how did, how did that come about? Was it a gradual um, process where you just playing? Tell, tell us a little bit more about how that came about.
0: Um, but it st- it started with becoming quite obsessed with with hypnosis I was I was I've always been a, a bit of a a wordsmith and enjoyed writing words and 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 uh, the power of words and so I, I started to become obsessed with um, hi- hypnosis and and then that was when I first went to a, a training course to 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 do to do that and then became um, I don't know I, I kind of got the idea that all these because you see all these Facebook ads and and, uh, YouTube at at that time I was seeing all this stuff on on YouTube and and Facebook or what have you and it looked like this ridiculous Hollywood world where there's this mysterious alien called the coach that that does these weird things and charges ridiculous money and can change people's lives and I I didn't have any connection really with that a a day-to-day level and so it wasn't until I did I, I paid for my first sort of I don't know, like, you know, substantial investment in, in coaching or training that I suddenly realised actually that kind of investment means that you make a commitment and actually uh, it's part of the whole package. And then once once I'd had an experience of having that kind of training, I then thought actually maybe it's more accessible. And the stuff I learnt from that, that very first hypnosis course was actually I can I can maybe believe that I could I could do the same thing Um and then that that curiosity had been lit, and that was that was going on whilst I was then deepening my own understanding of how I worked, you know. So I think the two went side by side. But it was very, you know, certainly when I first did, did that first um, NLP hypnosis training, it was it was like it was a significant step over the line, you know, from just seeing these Facebook ads or just seeing these these, you know, like a paul mckenna type just working working magic or or what have you and and then actually thinking that that's something you could learn to do and that that could be me
1: and that sounds to me like uh uh, i I would describe that as a shift from consuming to being the consumer you know consuming all of that personal Mm. self-help literature and what have you and courses to shifting from um consuming to creating so you then became a, a a change agent, if you like, for one of a, a better term, right? And you were mm. out starting, I guess, talking to people about creating change, helping them to create change. So I I'm curious, really was that was that just coming up in conversations with people? How how were you like getting off the ground with that? And and at what point did this idea to to write a book arise?
0: Uh, how did it get off the ground in terms of uh, like? getting coaching clients. Yeah, mean. yeah. Yeah. I think the the thing was, was the, the more honest I was about um, uh, needing to do some practice as a coach, <laughs> like realizing that I, I needed to do a lot of conversation, have a lot of conversations with real human beings and practice my coaching skills. Uh, for free or for small amounts of money the the more i allowed myself to to clock up the hours that that's when i started to to to, to see a shift towards being able to talk about selling in a way that meant that people would be prepared to actually pay me money (laughs) because um i did some you know classic coaching you know, mistakes of like trying to invite someone for coffee when they've only just first mentioned that they might be interested or, or, or like I've kind of gone to them trying to ask them whether they want to have have coaching. And, and it just – I guess the, the more of those, those pro bono conversations that I had at the, at the early stages, the more people I actually helped in some way and then words could spread or – I could then notice whether there was a conversation to be had, or whether there was someone that could, because sometimes there were there were people that I, I spoke to that that had some important input into the book. Um, that was it. Was sort of by that point, I was I'd, I was writing it. Um. But uh, yeah, I think it was. I, I think, I think that it. it, it it was a gradual shift it wasn't a sudden like eureka right. moment that, that i suddenly started charging uh the kind of money that i'm charging now but um yeah it was it, that was a gradual thing it wasn't yeah. a sudden you know, I, yeah. I didn't have a background in sales you know or anything, yeah, i, hadn't, I mean, hadn't worked on it before and
1: that makes sense there's a beautiful simplicity in what you've what you've spoken just there because i think there's a tendency for some coaches to make the whole thing much more complex than it needs to be. As you've said, you know, you've kind of alluded that, is it coaching? There's, is it, there's so many different ways of what it is that we do that we could perhaps describe as coaching. Mm. Um, and maybe that's one of the beauties of the profession. But to me, I, I <laughs> said this on a um, uh, in an interview recently, um, was that I, I just sit with somebody, I'm present with them, and I help them in any way that I can. It's kind of really that simple. Um, so there isn't a particular like there's no rules or structure or what have you. That's 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 pretty much it. I'm just really present with that person and help them. And I kind of get that. I'm getting that sense from you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. But so yes.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say that's that's exactly what it felt like when I when I um, when there was a student that was struggling at school. It, I didn't for a long time. I thought it had to be a special coachy type of help
1: <laughs> yeah. and
0: it had to be a special brand or it had to be like, a you know, secrets of the Hollywood coaches, you know, or the A-list coaches that have to do some special ninja tricks. And I just have found that the more I, I think I've got to do that kind of thing. I just, I'm thinking about myself and not anybody else. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't help. Yeah.
1: Yeah, perfect. So yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the book then, how that came to fruition and, um, Really, I guess. I, I, I mean, I'm interested because uh, I've got a couple of books out there. But as we said in a, um, one of our previous conversations, Nick, that um, very different to, to your book. My book probably feels a little bit like a cheat, really, because it's just a compilation of stuff. Oh,
0: stop it! But, uh, <laughs> but,
1: but anyway, I, what I got from you, like, just tell us. Really, talk us through the process of producing the book right because i i'd love to know what it was that what came alive or a light within you that had you think yes i want to get this book and how did that develop because i guess there is a message this understanding that you want to share
0: yeah so i reckon probably the during the first year that i was pretty it was going pretty deep into the conversation about the principles um as thinking kind of slowed down a bit and uh kind of fear of being myself uh stripped away not it wasn't instant it, it took me a long time to be bold enough to be able to stand up and uh you know take the microphone in the training and, and share what I was saying I was quite I was quite quiet because I wanted to look um clever I think in front of the <laughs> audience um but a, as that started to settle down and it took quite a few months um you know like like you do with with coaching clients or what have you when there's those moments where there's real quietness real stillness um one one moment was like I'm not doing enough to to build my business and then actually I realized how far I had come as a as a musician and that there was a huge need that if 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 this understanding was shared with musicians it would have a huge impact with them because I I knew that there was nothing on that topic in existence because i'd looked for it as soon as i'd come across it you know because I, I i initially got into this whole personal development thing for for musician for me as a musician um i knew that there was there were there were books that were kind of spiritually or kind of performance psychology but they weren't they weren't about the, the missing link between those two worlds in the same and the same way that, that mine was and so i was just i was hit i was hit you know very hard by that realization it kind of it was kind of, it was kind of painful to me. It was kind of painful to think that there was such a strong urge to to bring it into being, and how much that scared me. That's that was my experience. It was like I, I found I found it very emotional because it's like I I have to do this, and it's probably the most scary thing I could possibly do. At both those at the same time in, in both extremes you know both extremes mm-hmm. because and um, I, I just felt like if I could give just a tiny bit of what I give what I've experienced to other people that would I would love to do that with my life um, but it felt uh, certainly at that um, initial moment like if I actually went ahead and did it there'd be so many uh, steps of, along the way there'd be so many people with an opinion of it but yet the feeling was so strong that I kind of knew it was going to happen and it had to happen. Um, and then that was the point at which I spoke, I stood up in this training and said, you know, I should write a book, you know? And it was like, and I knew when I said it, that was going to happen. It wasn't just, uh, Oh, I'll, I'll, cause I thought about writing books before I could yeah. you know, write this thing about NLP and music or I could write this thing about this, but, but this was real. It had, it had a, had a life of its own or something. Um, and I think it was probably that that night or or um following a conversation that I just again had a had a fairly quiet moment and grabbed a, a um, pile of papers and just started sketching out things that made sense that like, well what's been useful to me, bang, you know, put put down you know possible chapter headings and just scribbled it out very ad hoc like I'd write a shopping list but there was quite a there was quite a flow to it but I came up with you know 15 20 different things that I wanted to to cover and then it felt great because it felt like there was a book emerging but very rough format and then I just basically typed all my mad ramblings on those pieces of paper into into a word document and then ordered it around and then started to flesh the thing out. And that was pretty much the process of writing it is that, you know, I went to the, the overall, like, why am I writing it? And I knew I was writing it for this, I don't know, 18 year old Nick that hadn't, that hadn't come across this before. And that was, and the thought he had to, um, uh, hide his suffering or hide his struggles or hide his, uh, insecurities. Um, it was definitely, I knew it was written for that character. Um, and then there was a you know, then that kind of began the process of sort of
1: fleshing it out
0: and then the editing thing. Um, so that, that, you know, broad brushstrokes, that was what went on. And then I kind of agonised.
1: <laughs> if somebody's listening to this with that idea, and it is just an idea currently, yes, I, I've, I've come across this understanding, or or there's just something alight within them that they want to share with others, but they haven't put pen to paper yet, what would your message for them be as far as actually creating something
0: i i think people make a big deal about the fact that it's in book format you know so that you know essentially i had an idea wrote some words and then other people read it now that sounds ridiculously simple but but at the very early stages of of writing a section of it I i just i would i would recommend that if you have an idea do do what you can to put it to the test straight away. Don't don't wait until it's a finished book before you're waiting for opinions. It's like formulate, have a chat with somebody that you trust and and, and talk through the idea, which is kind of what I did um, in a, in a coaching session and thought oh it could it could it could take shape this way. And then I I started to share it with started to share bits of it with people, and it helped shape the the thing so it wasn't it didn't really feel like it was just me writing the book because I I did what I could to involve as many people as I could along the way so lots of people you know looking back it's quite a nice marketing thing because a lot of people were kind of uh, supporters because they felt like they had some kind of involvement in it Um, but I genuinely wanted to know whether because it felt like you know to begin with it felt I'd never really shared the kind of insecurities that I'd had as a, as a musician before, and it felt very vulnerable. Whereas, whereas, when I read it now, it just seems very obvious that that's what's happening for everybody. But it felt to me like part of that process of getting it out there was to get it out there to one person, or get it out there to my closest friend, or show my wife, or you know, um, or you know, or show my mum, the person that kind of did mm-hmm. some uh, of my earliest proofreading, you know. So, it's um, I think just get over yourself and and write something and share it with somebody and then listen to their feedback. Um, I I do remember uh, listening to some advice from, or or seeing some advice from from Tim Ferriss that basically said the same thing when he was writing Four Hour work week or something that, you know, just, just make sure that you're sharing it with as as many people as possible. And if there's any bits that, that aren't so clear to them, then do what you can to sort of clarify them. I, I, to do that as well. So when people gave me feedback, if they flagged anything, I, I tweaked it to try and make it, I mean, cause you can't write one book that's going to be understood by everybody. Um, uh, cause everybody, you know, I, I get feedback from people and they, they, they've taken such different messages from it, but they've all been impactful to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been helpful to, to, it was definitely helpful to notice the, the certain places where, um, Everybody was misunderstanding what I meant. You know,
1: that was clear signal I needed to change something. You know, um, so it but, sounds, but yeah, yeah. It sounds like really you didn't write a book. You you wrote, and a book was formed from you yeah. from the act of you writing. Yeah, because I think it can be quite daunting, of course, to say okay, I'm going to write a book. So I, I love how you how you've described that. So. And, and I love it, you you touching on this piece because I wanted to talk a little bit more about this and actually getting the book out into the world because so the book essentially started to form and became became started to become a book um and so presumably you were then planning right how do I get this out into the world um and 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 you mentioned like a Kickstarter campaign and i and I was quite honest with you is like because I remember seeing that and having having this thought uh, that oh why do you want to raise this you know, it's not a great deal of money. Does he really need to raise that kind of money for the Kickstarter campaign? I think it's about £2,000 or so, right? And uh-huh, you, yeah. you smashed that, right? You, you, it was nearer 3000 I think it was, that you mm-hmm. raised, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly there was more to Whether you needed the money or not is actually irrelevant because what I got from what I'd love to hear more about is the process of getting the book out into the world. And I think it's kind of genius, really, you touched on about the Kickstarter campaign and having other people involved in that so can you tell us a little bit more about that
0: yeah um, I'm trying to remember what actually what actually happened how it happened so it it <laughs> the, th- the thing was that I, after I kind of went through that first period of like saying well, I'm gonna write a book um, and having a, a, a Word document that was the book <laughs> you know <it> was, <laughs> I, I knew it was gonna become a book I didn't have a clue about I really didn't have a clue about the world of publishing um, or um, what I needed to do, I, I was aware that there were people that could help, so I, I did a little. Um, there was a coaching, uh, a little group coaching course that I did, quite quite a small thing that that had a few pointers about the the, co- the, um, the publishing, self publishing uh, sort of format um, that I could follow. But but um, so I had an idea about things like uh, uploading it to um create space myself which is just the platform um that that amazon have for self-publishing and and i knew that i could do it all myself but i hadn't really gone into the nuts and bolts of it um and and somewhere along the line i think i got the idea that that actually although because there are already people who are kind of supporting what i was doing and and they they saw because that because like me they they were they they had an experience of of the the principles that they knew that it actually, if it hadn't, if it never been introduced to musicians, that would be a significant thing to to help with. So I knew that there were people that were behind it. So I, I got the idea of you know doing a, a Kickstarter campaign, and um, because I because I knew that I wanted I wanted to, to give the, because the, because the message is so important and so helpful to people. I, I wanted to. To do the best that I possibly could to 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 guarantee that it would be a bestseller um, from from the outset, you know that was yeah. like I'm gonna I'm gonna aim for this because the the people who are struggling at the moment may not get that message unless it's it's cased in the right kind of way. So it made sense to me to do everything I could to to al- although I didn't have a traditional publishing deal, it, it made sense to do everything I could to to make that to make the way that it was put together as professional as possible. So they had credibility because, you know, a typical music college student uh, wants to learn from a, a respected professor who's got credentials and, and that's part of the, the way that they decide whether they're going to accept or, or reject a message. So I thought, well, I need to have, there needs to be, um, uh, it needs to look like a proper book. It needs to be edited to a very high standard. The cover design needs to not look like some self-published bit of uh, tat that I might find on Amazon because there's more and more of that kind of stuff. And I just, I wanted to make sure that it looked you know, really, really good. So then the, the Kickstarter thing was a great opportunity to get as many people who I knew were passionate about the same subject, you know, behind the book. And they were the, the people that helped to, to eventually publicize it when it was, launching for the, the bestseller push that we did um so that was really so that was the kind of first uh wave of getting the public support and that got we got quite a good i think we got like a 100 and, or about a 100 different kickstarter backers and some of them were significant uh backers that, that put a bit of you know, quite a good bit of money behind it to, and i had to write a song and uh <laughs> as one of the rewards and do other things um so that was that was lovely actually because it felt it was a real community and at that point it really didn't feel like it was anything to do with me at all. But by that point it was just about getting it getting it uh, getting this message out at a larger scale and that was just the, the the warm up for the for the bestseller launch. You know.
1: And I think this is a, it's a really beautiful point and it applies to pretty much everything that we do. This is a wonderful example of so. See the motivation behind all that, and I think it's genius because, like I say, it was a surprise to me. Maybe everybody else listening to this is going, Well, Durfil, of course, it makes sense, but you know, like I had not considered a Kickstarter campaign for anything other than to raise money, and yet you built a community, you got people involved, it got visibility, so it became a vehicle for increasing awareness of the book and people. invested in it like yes not just literally but they were invested in it and became essentially fans of it and also part of the manner in which the message gets out there and that's where I can see where you're coming from it's not about oh I just want to have a best-selling book so I'm gonna make it all look great it's like well everything is done in order to help people
0: well, in the spirit of no bull crap, there's also a big chart. You know, big part of me that was taking it as a big ego trip as well. By the way, <laughs> they say I would be I'd be lying to say that, that that wasn't that wasn't part of it. I definitely had that kind of thinking too. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> um, so that that I, that kept coming back. But I guess you know, the thing that just you know the reason I said that was because when the Kickstarter campaign was uh, up and running, I then had, I then approached, um, or maybe it was beforehand, but I, I, I approached Help Musicians UK, because I wanted, because I realised actually, you know, what was the point of me? What was the real purpose of me re- launching the book? And I knew that the the, the purpose of doing the um, the Kickstarter and doing the whole book launch was to make sure that it actually got into the hands of people that that needed to read it. And I thought, well, actually, it makes sense that this is this is this is not about promoting my business really. It's not about um, getting clients. It's about it reaching the people. So I don't I can give up the need to make money from this book. So I will give some money to charity because that again it, it gives it gives another reason for people to want to engage with it. That's and I thought if I do if I give some money some of the some of the author royalties to to um, help musicians UK's um, mental health helpline um, that will it will give a stronger message that this isn't a book to promote a coach it's a it's a book to to help people you know and then I it was you know, I started off by giving them some money and then I thought well I'll give them half the money because I just want to make it as, as clear as possible so um, that definitely helped because then it had their support behind it as well so they were quite um, happy too so um, that was that was again quite strategic, but also I wanted it to be, I um, wanted it to be as, as clear as possible that it was for the people reading it, not for me. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but of course, there's an inevitable impact on business. And you know, I, 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 why am I? Why is it I do what I do? Well, there's not one single reason. I mean, of course, I do what I do because we live in this world where people have bills to pay. But that's not my number one reason um you know I love what I do and I love helping people and 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 all of that stuff but so of course it's multifaceted why we do something but this book it's inevitable then but it will have had an impact on your business yeah it definitely has yeah can you tell us what that impact has has been
0: yeah I mean uh, the impact is the surprised me the most I think is that I I just I felt like the same bloke that had been worrying about putting a bit of paper together and, and like sketching my first ideas. I felt exactly the same as when I was then best-selling author, but it turns out people see you differently when, <laughs> when you've got that little thing you know, you. or when you, when you, when you say to them, when you meet them at a networking meeting or something and you say, Oh yeah, if you want to buy my book, just go on Amazon. That, that, that seems to impress people, you know? So that, that it's it's created a different lens through which people, I guess think about the work that I do. I'm essentially a normal bloke, obviously, but it's 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 um, that's that's quite it's quite a nice frame to say best-selling author and and have that have that thing. Um, and I, I, again, I think um, in the same way that a lot of musicians like to have the story that they've gone to this particular music college or they've gone to this particular professor or they've got this uh, 200-year-old violin or what have you. Um, saying that they've had coaching with a best-selling author of this book that's that's kind of a story that they that helps the the sales conversation go a little bit more easily i think um well it's, it seems to be that way anyway
1: and, and as i said in the intro a book is a great way to have people connect with you um any any like favorite stories about that people who've have, have come across the book by whatever means and then approached you any kind of favorite stories about that
0: I'm just, I'm just touched by the messages that I get. I'm just amazed by the places that it's being read. I I think that's, that's, it's really, I I found that really lovely that I get messages. I've had messages from Japan, from Mexico, from the States, from New Zealand, from Australia, um, lots from the UK. And and people are just saying... I can't believe I've never known this stuff before why doesn't every musician know this you know this is this should be a must read for everybody at music college you know um, and I fi- I find that they, they hit me hard those messages when I read them because it's like it, it kind of was the goal to do to to, to have that kind of impact it, even with one person right. you know um so that that I think that's my you know, whether that turns into a a conversation or whether it's just a thank you, Nick, you know, that's, um, I I love getting that kind of thing because I I guess the the challenge for someone who's teaching the principles can be that if you're not, um, if you're looking for mindset strategies and techniques and uh, kind of very outside in things, and then you're being given a different message of of um of simplicity um and and sp- that our thoughts have a spiritual nature to them that can't that doesn't always translate very well and so there's so that i guess the challenge that i had was that i wanted to present it as a book about musical excellence but i knew that what i was really teaching them was mental health that was really what it was about and and I think that's that's why I love getting those messages so much, is that they they were attracted by the, the 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 way it was branded as about musical excellence. And then I got one the other day from a from a student, a major um, uh, conservatory in London, violinist who said, "It's the first book I've read that's told me I'm not broken." You know, of these kind of performance books. And I just thought, oh, that's that's exactly what you need to know. You know, that's 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 why I wrote it. So. Um, I love that
1: kind of thing. Yeah, beautiful. And also you touch on a point that's come up a few times on this on this podcast about really using language and connecting with people like where they're at. We hear this term meet people where they are. Mm. But it's it's so it's I don't think anybody is sitting even a musician is sitting at home on their sofa and thinking, Well, I wish I knew who I really who I really am or or I, I wish I had like real inner peace and freedom. Which of course this understanding brings all of that yes but that's not what people are searching for so i think it is really important as if you package up your message or your work to have it be attractive to people that it's going to help where they're currently at yeah yeah
0: that's that's exactly why i i I wanted to get the support of you know Grammy-winning musicians to put the put their testimonials on the on the cover and to and to say it was about musical excellence because they put their hand up and go, yeah, I'm a musician. I want excellence, you know, because that's the, the place that they're at, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So yeah, and then, then it was showing them showing them about in a piece and all that good stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm curious um, about you, Nick. What have you learned really from all this whole process that you you're going to take forward
0: about the book
1: creating the book um and the impact that's had um yeah i don't want to really make the the question too complicated if there's anything comes to mind
0: yeah i think i think what i said about you know that moment when i had the inspiration to write the book and the fear at the same time and that both the, the feeling of like the need to write it and the need to put it out there and the feeling of, of the fear were both extremes. It, it kind of I think I, I keep noticing that again and again and again that that the most often the most valuable stuff that I need to do in my own life is it it comes with a it comes with a great a whole dollop of fear at the same time or insecurity because It's almost like well like with the book it felt like am i really allowed to be that person that writes the book on music and the three principles am i really entitled to do that because i haven't got you know and then i started a long list of reasons why i wasn't qualified to do it but but you know or or like where my where my business is at at the moment there's things i i I want to do and 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 I, i kind of get that same kind of urge to create and then go oh, but am i really re- ready to do that and it, it's kind of it just, they go hand in hand it's like you know, i saw a, 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 maybe i think it was this morning i saw a video that um a, some interview with david bowie saying that you know you you've got to just you can't play to the um the gallery you've got you've got to uh be stepping out of your comfort zone and, and even when you're sort of neck deep in, in the water you've got to be taking a, f- a few more steps further out and not quite have your feet on the bottom and then you're doing some good work and it feels like inspiration and, and, and fear to, to a certain extent have just got to go together you just got to keep plowing ahead you know um, it's not that we're trying to cut out fear it's that we just more friends with it I guess or that's what it feels like to me certainly because I was was very I was a bit of a basket case when it was when the the book was launching or or when I was first saying to the world that I was going to write a book when I first I did that kind of thing of of putting a Facebook post out and saying right I'm going to write a book and by this day I'm going to have finished it I did I did something like that oh my god you know is this really going to happen but but yeah it was scary it's been scary along the way and I think that's what I think. That's what I've learned is it, life's meant to be scary sometimes, um, and the, the world keeps on turning even when you're scared or when you're <laughs> insecure. Just keep going with it. You know?
1: Yeah, I think we give you know fear much more credence and perhaps relevance than it than it than it really needs. You know, I've loved this conversation with you, Nick. Thank you so much. Thoroughly really enjoyed it. I think it's going to be really useful for um, for people for anybody really but obviously anybody who's sitting out there who, who's had the urge at least to write a book what's what what's next then what 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 is next is there another book i mean this one's it's, it's still only just out there right it's still a newborn effectively so hmm. i mean what, what 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 is next for you
0: um i've got I've, I've i've got a few ideas for some other books as well so i have started writing a a, a it sounds weird i've started writing a couple of others and sort of seeing where what shape they're going to take so i don't there's no particular time frame involved with those but i've got i've got um probably three or four others that i'm i'm, I'm playing with at the moment so in the background and um i guess also i'm 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 loving working in the music industry so i'm, I'm still uh working with with uh, musician clients and and Establishing it more firmly. I, I just really want wanted, want this understanding to be established among music colleges and among uh, professionals, you know, private private individuals who are maybe struggling or, or looking for something. I just want I want that to be. I want the coaching culture that's kind of more embedded in um, in the world of business or the world of sport to be more more common for, for music. So I guess. That's what my attention's on at the moment is is changing that culture. Um, mm. So you know some bits and pieces of work that are sort of maybe coming into into alignment with with music colleges, and I've got some stuff for the musicians' union. So there's, there's all sorts of things cooking, but we'll see what unfolds. we yeah. don't know.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So I mean, your your link will be in the is in the show notes anyway. But how come if somebody's listening to this and. They don't want to read the show notes. They're like, oh, must contact this guy. I want to get this book. How can they make contact with you and find your book?
0: Um, if they if they want to send me an email, if they send me an email to nick at nickbottini.com, um that should do the job. Or they can go on Amazon and look up Just Play.
1: Cool. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been really lovely talking to you.
0: Pleasure, my man.
1: And there we have it. Another fabulous conversation that I hope is of use for coaches and indeed Anyone who has any kind of inclination to write and publish a book, it can be a very effective way of getting your message out there, getting your name out there. And I love how Nick generated interest and engagement in his book throughout all of the processes of its creation, from the early stages of writing to creating a Kickstarter campaign for its launch. He's doing some great stuff. And if producing a book is something you're interested in, yeah, perhaps writing in itself uh, is not your forte. I've recently started offering a ghostwriting service for people like you who have something to say, something to share, yet would prefer to talk about that in conversations than be sitting at a computer writing. I'm, I'm working with a client right now at the time of recording, but I will have space very shortly to take on another in this respect. So if that interests you, get in touch and we'll explore how we can get your book out there into the world. And as always, I'd love to hear from you about what you have got from this conversation. What is your one thing that you are taking away and how will you use that? I'd love to hear from you and maybe explore with you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please help me help others find it by leaving a brief review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference to how this podcast shows up for others. Okay, enough from me. I'll leave it for you to get on with your writing, your book, being of service to others in this beautiful profession and look forward to hearing from you. Thank you once again for listening and I wish you much love and joy.